0: Welcome to episode 45 of beef's beef. I uh, got some good stuff on the docket for today um, going to obviously talk about the NBA finals, which have been going on since uh, Last Thursday, uh, we're now two games in Warriors up 2 zero uh, some commitments for the Louisville basketball team another visit for the Louisville basketball team and Kind of just giving my thoughts on how the finals are going, uh, what I think about the recruits that Louisville has gotten, and things of that nature. So we'll start off with uh, Lowell's first um, recruit commit because, you know, you have the grad transfers. But this is the first actual recruit that has committed since Chris Mack has been the coach at University of Louisville, and it's actually a very good one. We got Josh Nickelberry, the 6'4 shooting guard out of Fayetteville, North Carolina, home of the J of the J Cole. Um, went to North or goes to Northwood Temple Academies, ranked fifty five overall uh, by twenty four seven composite rankings, uh, third ranked player in the state of North Carolina, as well as the sixth ranked shooting guard in the nation. Uh, and the thing I love about Nickelberry is. We heard about him. It didn't take long, and he committed right after his visit. Uh, he unofficially visited us May twelfth and then committed then unofficially unofficially visited uh, Virginia Tech on may twenty sixth and then committed to louisville on may thirty first So uh, obviously whatever he saw when he was here, he loved, which is a great sign. Uh, I'm interested to see how we're gonna keep going. With a lot of these recruits, uh, we did get one of his friends to come and visit as well, uh, right after him, Jalen Withers. Jalen Withers is a six-eight power forward out of uh, Huntersville, North Carolina. Goes to North Mecklenburg. Uh, he's the twenty-third ranked power forward, also a four-star player, uh, sixth-ranked player in the state of North Carolina, and seventy-seven overall in the twenty-four-seven composite rankings. He has visit or he has offers from. Louisville, Boston College, Charlotte, Clemson, Connecticut, as well as many others. Uh, he, like I did, like I said, he did just visit uh, Louisville over the weekend, um, and everything that I'm seeing, he's talking very, very highly of the University of Louisville. Uh, my guess is is we'll probably get a commit from him as well soon, as well as uh, I know I keep saying it, but I think we get the commitment from David Johnson back again. Um, I, I don't know. I just I see too much too much stuff for uh, David Johnson for us not to get him soon. So I, I don't know. I'm just gonna keep I'm gonna keep saying it until it happens. I think we get David Johnson soon, and it's not gonna really be a surprise for me when it happens. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, the the staff seems to be very very high on uh, on Withers, even though he's not ranked that high. But I don't know. They do seem to always like the. Big men or power forwards of this size, because if you think of his times in Xavier, he never really had a big guy that was like. I mean, I guess you could say Kander was, but six eight two twelve, that's that's not very big. I mean, yeah, I mean Jordan was all uh, was six six two ten, so you had two inches to him, and he's basically Jordan's weight. So he's gonna be a very thin, uh, front line. I guess maybe like a Malik Williams. I guess you would say. I guess stature wise, so not really that big of a power forward but hey you know we're getting guys that are wanting to come play here and that's that's a big thing so um, we'll start with those two uh, we also got another uh, commitment over the over the weekend uh, it actually happened Saturday a uh, another grad transfer for the 2018 2019 season uh, I looked up how to say his name on the Richmond website and it From everything that I'm seeing, it looks like it's Quan Four. Uh, Quan Four is a uh, six-foot guard out of Huntsville, Alabama. Played three years at the University of Richmond as a redshirt junior. Uh, Last season, started uh, 26 games, played in 29, averaged 32 minutes a game, shot 48% from the field. Uh, shot 28% from the three-point line, 66% from the free-throw line. Averaged 11 points and 3.2 rebounds. Um, I don't know. It just gives more experience to us. Uh, was the uh, fifth-leading scorer on the Richmond team that went 12-20. and 20. I know it's not a lot of big things, but at this point, we need bodies. We need Division one bodies. We don't need guys that are going to be walk-ons and just – you know there as bodies in in practice we need guys that are actually going to contribute and actually give the starters and the first five you know some actual stuff to use i guess you could say cuz i mean you always hear of or you don't always hear but sometimes you hear of teams not having enough players so then you go like intramural guys and stuff i mean those guys, those guys may be good for someone like teams like IUS or something, but I mean, this is Division One, and you're trying to compete for a championship year in and year out. That's not going to work well. So, I'm hoping that we can continue to get guys. I know I mentioned uh, another recruit last week, whenever I was recording, and you know, I'm hoping we still stay in on him. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't heard much more about him. Um, so, I don't know. We'll see. I, th- I think right now. I think we still get one more for next year. Who? I don't know. I, I'm hoping it's – I mean, it'd be great if it was someone like a Darius Baisley. That would be kind of dope to just sneak in on him. Uh, I know I kept mentioning Jordan Brown. Jordan Brown committed to Nevada last a uh, couple weeks ago, I believe. So uh, Louisville's obviously not in with him anymore. I kind of su- surprised me whenever I saw that uh, he went to Nevada because – I mean, I don't know. If you gave me a choice, but then, I don't know. I, I'm not going to go in and try to badmouth the kid. The kid's, you know, 17, 18 years old. He's staying out in the West Coast. He's from the West Coast. Uh, he's from California. So, I don't know. I'm not going to hate on the kid. The, the kid went where he wanted to go. Uh, doesn't seem like there's any shady things that came from it. So, I don't know. I wish the kid well. I just wish he would have come. I wish he would come here because that would have helped us out a lot. And, I don't. I don't know. I, I like I said. I I know I've said it a couple times in here. I'm not really sure who I think they're going to get, but I do think that Louisville does get at least uh, one more for next season, and then maybe a transfer as well. Moving forward, Louisville did play this weekend in the uh, Lubbock Regional in the College Baseball Tournament, uh, winning two and losing two. Uh, they won their opening. Their opening round uh game against the kent state golden flashes uh won that game 13 to 6 uh and logan wyatt had himself a game hitting a grand slam in the first inning as well as a uh as well as a three run home run in the uh second inning so uh, he ended up being two for four he ended up going two for four seven rbi with a grand slam and a three run home run uh leading louisville to a win over the Kent State Golden Flashes, as I first mentioned. Um, Moving into the second round to play, uh, Texas Tech in the Lubbock Regional. Uh, Now, that game uh, against Texas Tech Saturday night was nowhere near the game that they had Friday night. Um, The game was tight, you know, through three innings, and... Honestly, it was it was tight through the top half of the fourth. Uh, through through the top half of the fourth, it was three to two, and then Texas Tech reels off three runs in the bottom of the fourth. Uh, it's six, so it's six to two. Uh, they reel off two more in the sixth, two more in the seventh, and just pull away from Louisville. And the final score ends up being ten to four. Uh, probably the big the big Momentum swing, I would say, happened when uh, there was a miss bunt uh, by Louisville batter and uh, Campbell got thrown out at second base when he was leading off too, too far. Uh, that was kind of the end of what would have been some type of run um, for the Louisville Cardinals baseball team. So they moved on to play uh, Kent State in an elimination game the next day. Uh, played really well again against Kent State. Uh, it was this game was close as well through uh, the top half of the top half of the fourth. Uh, three to one after after the top half of the fourth, Kent State goes scoreless in the bottom half of the fourth and the top of the fifth. Louisville throws up six six runs in the top half of the sixth or fifth inning and uh, ends up cruising to a twelve six win. But uh, they gave up three in the eighth, which then you know kind of lengthened the game, and, I mean, they struggled against Texas Tech anyway, and they just, for some reason in the game Saturday, when, when runners got in scoring position, Louisville just couldn't come through. And I think, you know, or I'm hoping this year will help next year because this is a very young team. Louisville has a lot of players coming back next season. Uh, they end up losing the next game uh, to Texas Tech that night eleven to six. ending the season with a forty-five and nineteen record, which is a very respectable record. Uh, we'll probably end the season in the top twenty-five, but you know, since we gotten Dan McDonald, this the fan base and as well as, you know, the baseball program has come to expect this team to make deep runs in you know in the month of june so it sucks to see this team drop out so soon even though this team was kind of in a bridge year i mean they were right there on the fringe of hold of hosting a regional uh you gotta think if they win the acc tournament they probably host a regional but then again you gotta wonder well if they host a regional do they go O and two and go out like florida state did so you win some, you lose some. This was their uh, when they lost to Texas Tech the first time. It was their first loss in a regional since 2012, I believe, is what I read. Uh, so it was, uh, it was, or no, it was 2014. So I mean, it was a good run for for Louisville, uh, but you know, at some point, it had to come to an end. Uh, the The super regional run is what I mean. Uh, I'm just glad it happened in this season and not in a season where. There was a there was very high expectations and you know we fall short. I'd rather it be uh, what's considered a bridge year and you know just in in the season in the season with the bad taste in your mouth going into next season to where this young team can build off of what they've done by making it to the tournament and, and playing well, winning two games in the tournament, but not going as far as they as they really wanted to. Now, um, as I was speaking before, the Cavaliers and the the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors have started the NBA Finals. Um, game, one, uh, <laughs> game 1 had one of the most boneheaded plays uh, you'll, you'll really ever see in professional sports. Um, if you haven't seen what happened, you probably live under a rock, but I'll go ahead and give you a rundown of what happened. Uh, first of all, uh, actually, you know, I'll go into the other parts of the game first, or I'll go into the other parts of the game after I explain what happened. So Cavaliers, Warriors, uh, Cav- uh Warriors are up one. There's about five, six seconds left. Uh, LeBron gets the ball back top of the key, makes a pass to George Hill, gets fouled, 4.7 seconds left. Now, George Hill's a 80% free throw shooter on the season. Uh, 80 plus free throw percent uh, free throw percent 80 plus free throw percent shooter on the season goes up hits the first one um, I mean I could tell just from looking at his face and I wasn't hating on him but I could tell that his nerves were definitely getting the best of him misses the second one Jr Smith grabs the rebound and dribbles the timeout because he thinks the Cavaliers are winning. And when he does this, this pushes the game into overtime. And if you've seen the video that came out today, it absolutely demoralized the Cavaliers as a team. And you could tell, especially whenever you saw that video, um, during that time from the end of regulation to the start of overtime, the team was done. Um, I don't know. It's... That get that was rough. I mean, then you got the Warriors come out and outscore the Cavaliers seventeen to seven in overtime and get a one twenty four one fourteen victory. Now, I've said it before, and and you know, uh, I get <laughs> I get a lot of flack from a couple buddies that say, "Oh yeah, you say you don't complain about the rest, but you I'm complaining about the rest when it comes to the Golden State Warriors." The Golden State Warriors have. Two top ten players on their team, and a third that's probably a top twenty player on their team. The Cavs have one top; he's the best player in the world. Um, and you could, and I mean, you could definitely say without a shadow of a doubt that Kevin Durant's second best player in the NBA, and then Steph Curry's probably top eight, the top ten. So, why is it that the referees give them every call? Now, I know you can look at the box score or the team stats from last night and say, oh, well, Brandon, the the Warriors had more fouls by 10 than the Cavaliers did. I want you to go and and I want you to legitimately watch some of these games. It's hard for me to non-biasedly watch these games because my favorite player ever plays for one of the teams, and I hate the other team. But I want you to, as a non-biased person, if you don't have any – Skin in the game, they, as they say. Watch the games. I want you to watch the games and tell me that they don't always favor the Golden State Warriors. It happened in the Houston series, it's happened in this series. I mean, you go, we'll go game one, okay? There is a Kevin Durant's driving into the rim. LeBron cleanly strips him, foul, wasn't even touched. George Hill guarding Kevin Durant twice. He's shorter than Kevin Durant by eight to nine inches. Blocks his shot foul just because, there's a, just because he gets blocked. And then the biggest one to me, and I'm sure there will be some people that argue with me, oh, this is a rule the play where Kevin Durant drives to the rim. They call a charge, and on, they call, LeBron James steps in, takes what they call a charge. I understand it was a block. I wasn't arguing with that part. It was a block, but it was called a charge from the beginning. Now, by rule, if there is a question on whether the person was inside of the half circle there, you can go and review. LeBron was nowhere near that half circle when they went and reviewed that play. To me, they went to go review that play because... One of them called a charge, one of them called a block. They didn't go and talk to each other. So they went to it and reviewed whether it was a block or a charge. And then not only did they go to it and review it wrongly, they changed the call after looking at it and gave the Warriors the ball. That play right there, I know the J.R. Smith play happened. That play right there single-handedly changed the momentum of that game. People can say what they want. Well, Brandon that's a real- it's a stupid rule, and it should never even be in there because that, to me, is a judgment call. And that's, that's actually, not to me. That is a judgment call. That's like saying, well, in the ninth inning, we should be able to replay balls and strikes because uh, that's a big part of the game. Oh, crap. It's a big part of the game all the time. It's a big part of the game all the time. There is no reason those referees should be able to go to a replay booth and say, oh, man, we really screwed up this block charge call. Maybe we should change it. That's No, that's stupid. That play right there screwed the Cavs really bad. Look, the J.R. Smith and the missed free throw by George Hill ultimately is what is what turned the game at the end. But this part right here was the start of the momentum change. Because with that, the if you keep the call the way it was, which is the way it should have been, the Cavaliers are up two with the ball, and there's about 30 seconds left. 30 to 40 seconds left. That's a total – that's a game-changer right there. That is a total game-changer. It's over. It's probably over because then you get it and – because then you get a foul. I don't think the Cavs were uh, – or, yes, the Cavs were in the bonus because George Hill got fouled the next play down, and he went to the free-throw line. So you get a foul. Let's just say you hit one. Then the Warriors come down and hit – and let's just say they hit a three. Then you come down and have the ball with no time or with, with – uh one to two timeouts and the game is tied and you know the game is tied because they just hit a three. Total different ball game. It's totally different. Then as something happens to where you get you miss a shot or whatever at the end of regulation, you're not going to the you're not going to overtime with your head held low because you actually got a shot off. You didn't have somebody dribble the timeout. So the I'm I'm so tired of seeing the referees favor the Warriors. It, the team is already talented enough. They don't need the help from the referees. And and I don't care how much flack I'm going to catch for that. If I do, I really don't care. The referees favor the Warriors. They have for years. And it's it's bogus. I, I don't understand how anyone can honestly like the Warriors. Okay, maybe they're fun to watch, but they're cocky. Draymond Green is – I don't even want to say it on here, but Draymond Green annoys me. Um. I don't – it just – it bothers <laughs> – you're you're going to get me – I'm I'm going to get myself riled up. I'm going to say you all are going to get – I'm going to get myself riled up. So the Cavaliers blow what should have been a win in the first game. Uh, not only did they have the game in the bag, you have LeBron James with 51 points. First time someone scored 50 in over 20 years since uh, Jordan did it in the finals. And then, you you know, he shoots 19 for 32, uh, has 8 assists and 8 rebounds. And what blows me away is, is he had 51 points, and his plus-minus was minus 13. That's just always weird to me to see something like that. He played uh, 48 minutes, so he played all but, you know, 5 minutes of the game. So um, the biggest thing for that game is this is what kept the game close. People can say this or that or this or that, but you take a look at one stat, and I'll tell you why this made, why I think it made such a big difference to the game. Uh, in in reference to game one, or in, in yeah, in reference from game one to game two, here's why I think this is such a big thing. You know, some people look at oh well turnovers. The Cavs had twelve that twelve to eight not really that big of a difference because if you look at points off turnovers in game one. The Warriors actually won that and had uh, won it by one point. Uh, Fast break points was won by 10. The biggest difference was the total rebounds. You have the Cavs with 64 rebounds and the Warriors with 42. Now, this is looking off the team stats. It's weird because when you look at the box score, it shows something different. But even the other one was like 19 rebounds off. So. They out the Cavaliers out rebounded the Warriors by a lot, and then you go to the team stats for Game Two. The rebound margin was fifty-two to fifty. Um, if you go to the box score, it was uh, forty-two to forty-one in the second game. That's the difference right there. You can say it's this, or you can say it's that. The biggest difference is. The Cavaliers out-rebounded them in game one by a lot. Now, I I think that that can still happen because you're not going to be able to play JaVale McGee all that much because now if you're the Cavaliers and they start JaVale McGee again, which got them to a faster start, you then put Tristan Thompson on JaVale McGee and have Kevin Love guard Draymond Green. And if I'm the Cavaliers, I force Draymond Green to – uh, flare out and make him shoot, make him a shooter. If you put Tristan Thompson on JaVale McGee, uh, then you, when they try to put JaVale McGee in the pick and roll with Steph Curry, you now have a big man that can guard him. Tristan Thompson has shown time and time again, he can now he can't shut Steph Curry down. I'm not saying that, but he can stay in front of Steph Curry and does a, does a decent job. Uh, Kevin Love just has slow feet. I don't, I don't know what the deal is, to be honest with you. He has great feet on the offensive end, but on the defensive end, his feet are slow, and he very rarely makes good defensive stops. So to me, my if if, if I'm Teron Liu, here's my biggest thing. One, I'm going to switch those two and who they're guarding if they start JaVale McGee. Two, I'm going to play Kyle Korver more. Kyle Korver in game, in game two played a whopping – 17 minutes and took three shots. As, if he's going to help you, you can't play him 17 minutes. He barely, I mean, and a lot of those minutes were the last, you know, six, seven minutes that he played in the game whenever they went ahead and took, uh, whenever they went ahead and took the starters out. The first game he played 16 minutes. I, I liked seeing uh, Rodney Hood come into play. It kind of surprised me with, the article that came out saying that he felt like he was pressured too much to playing under LeBron's shadow. I was su- So I was surprised to see Rodney Hood play. Um, I don't know. I'd like to see Hood maybe play more than Clarkson. Clarkson has been mediocre at best. Uh, one for four in game two. Game one, he was two for nine. I mean, he just has open shot after open shot after open shot. It doesn't hit. And – to me, if he's going to play that much, he's got to hit open shots. That's the biggest gripe that I have with a lot of the role players that have been playing with the Cavaliers this year is the role players have to hit open shots. If you don't hit open shots, because LeBron's going to do- is going to draw double and triple teams the whole game. He's going to drive to the rim, and he's going to hit his fair share of, of, of shots. He's going to miss his fair share of shots as well. But when he gets you the ball, because more often than not he's getting you the ball, In your shooting pocket, ready for you to shoot. You got to hit open shots. The Cavs hit open shots in last night's game and in Game One. The games are won for them because the Warriors missing Andre Iguodala are looking a step slow on defense because now you force Kevin Durant to guard LeBron a lot. If he's not guarding, then Draymond is, and Draymond can't guard LeBron. So then you know you got Steph on George Hill. George Hill's been playing really well against. Against Steph Curry. Uh, game one, he played really good defense. Game two, Steph was hitting shots that Steph sometimes hits. So, I don't know. I, I think I'm not giving up on the series. Um, it's always funny to me to listen to some of these local radio guys because you can tell that they don't really watch the NBA. They're just, you know, window shoppers, I guess you could say, when it comes to the NBA. And Oh, I know this guy because I hear his name all the time on Sports Center, and you know they know their fair share about local college sports. But it's funny to hear them talk about the Cavs and LeBron now, because back after Game Two, the series was over. Uh, Game Two of the Celtics series, series was over. Cavaliers weren't making it out of the Eastern Conference Finals. The Celtics had made LeBron look old. LeBron had nobody on his team, and then. And then they go and they win Game Seven on the road in Boston. Before that game, they weren't going to win in Boston because no, they they just couldn't do it. They just don't. It, they don't. They don't watch it, and then they comment on stuff. And to me, it's like I had a buddy today, uh, just to kind of give a a uh, I guess you could say an an example of myself on how I don't do that. I had a buddy today. My buddy John. He's been on an episode with me before. He said, are you gonna start talking about baseball in the summer." It's like, man, I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, I have a team, the Washington Nationals, but I don't watch it as much as he does. Like, I just don't watch it. Just, to me, I'm always gonna watch basketball ten times out of ten over anything. And as soon as, as soon as the NBA finals ends, you have the NBA draft, and then as soon as the NBA draft happens, you have the summer league, and then as soon as the summer league's over you have a little bit of time and that's mostly like swimming and stuff like, you know, going, hanging in the pool and stuff. I may talk about some baseball stuff then, but then I'm going to start doing college basketball or college football previews and NFL previews. And I'm going to do some fantasy football stuff. So long story short, what I'm saying is, is he asked me if I was going to do base, stuff uh, start start talking about baseball during the summer. I don't watch it enough. I'm not going to hop on here and say, Blah, 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 this, 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 and this. When I don't know what I'm talking about. And I feel like these guys have a radio show. And it's like, well, you know, I'm on the radio. I might as well just say something because, you know, people are listening. Why don't you actually do some research before you start saying this stuff? I, that's, I don't know, man. It, I'm no, I'm in no way better than anybody that's on the radio. But I definitely feel like I could do it. Um. And, and that's if anybody wants to take this episode and, and block this part out and, and send it to somebody that's on the radio, that's fine. But I think I could do it. And if someone that here is on the radio and hears this and wants to say, OK, well, if you think you're so great, then come get join us on the radio. I'd be more than willing to do it. You give me what we're going to talk about and I'll be more willing to come onto the radio and talk in this segment. Hey, you know what? I hope this does do something for me to where I can get my foot in the door. Because I guarantee you if I get in there, I will crush that. I will crush it. I will get in there and I will I will act. I, people will think that I'm supposed to be there. So, sorry. I'm going to step down off my soapbox now. So, I it just it's bothered me for the past month or two just hearing people on local radio. I'm not going to call anybody out by name because they've obviously done great things for themselves to get themselves where they're at. But it bothers the crap out of me to hear local radio guys talk about something they don't know what they're talking about. And it's blatant as day that they don't know what they're talking about. So I'm going to finish up there. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Sorry for that rant there at the end. Uh, I'm sure sure some people will be texting me like, Dang, man, you okay? I'm fine. I just – sometimes that stuff bothers me. And, hey, you know what? Now I have an out. Now I have somewhere to put it. So – Guys, keep liking, keep sharing. I'm going to keep pumping these out. Try to stay cool. Uh, go LeBron. Go Cavs. Beat the Warriors. Warriors Warriors go down. I, God, I can't stand the Warriors. I'm sorry. Let's go Cavs. Let's go. Later. Beef out.